How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to 19-Year-Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. This episode wasn't originally supposed to happen, but I think this topic is so important for everyone to hear. I've heard from many people around our age and older that they struggle with being too hard on themselves by trying to be perfect. And I could tell you right now that I'm struggling with the exact same thing. It's funny because I was meeting with my manager Delaney for my job a couple days back and I was like, yo, Delaney, I got an important question. Do I go to the Dodger game tonight for $38 or go to a gathering at a friend's house later on? And she was like, go to the Dodger game. And I was debating whether to go and told her, you know, we'll see. And like minutes later, I get a Venmo notification from her that said, go have fun at the game with $50 attached to it. And it was such a nice gesture, but it ended up being a lot more important than I thought it would be. So me and my friends leave the apartment at like five, get there at like 630, (laughs) you know, LA traffic. And we come into the stadium and I see all the new renovations the Dodgers made. And this excitement begins building up as we go up to our seats. We eventually find them and I'm looking out, got the Chavez Ravine in sight and know that nine innings of in-person baseball is coming our way. Something I haven't experienced in a long time. But when the lineups are being announced, I'm looking at them and I can't recognize like half the players. Didn't even know that Albert Pujols was on the Dodgers. So you'd probably be thinking I'm just not a baseball fan. I'm more of a soccer guy or something. But to give you context, I'm a huge baseball fan. I was a little guy waking up on a Saturday morning and I would run downstairs and my mom would hear the pitter patter and say, Will, I hope you're not wearing socks in the stairs. You're going to slip and fall and crack your head open. But I was wearing socks. I just took them off when I entered the main room so she couldn't see the evidence. And I would keep running over to the TV and turn on channel 149 for quick pitch with Heidi Watney. And I would stay there for hours, just falling in love with the game. I would watch Hunter Pence hit a home run into McCovey Cove at AT AT&T Park as the giant Coke bottle in left field lit up as the fans screamed with excitement. Or when the Diamondbacks won their division, they all jumped into the pool in center field at Chase Field. Or my favorite player, Derek Jeter, would make the game-saving play. And as the ball reached Mark Teixeira's glove, the sound of Sinatra singing New York, New York flooded the stadium with excitement. I got to experience that every morning, and I said to my dad, I want to go to all the stadiums with you one day. I would no longer just be watching it on a TV screen, but I'd be experiencing it for myself. And on our first trip to California, we're sitting in the upper deck in San Francisco, and we're both amazed and said, let's do it. And we've made it a goal to hit all 30 baseball stadiums, and we've been to 21 so far. I've been able to see those dreams as a little kid in front of the TV come to life and experience it for myself. But those trips weren't only about baseball for me. This time allowed me to see my dad in a different way and allowed us to begin to have deeper conversations. (laughs) And funny enough, I don't think we'd be able to have the deeper conversation we did in episode one if it weren't for baseball. But fast forward to the Dodger game a week back and a game I loved was just a total stranger. And this ironically all traces back to the first episode when I discussed the feelings of anxiety and lack of productivity that I experienced from watching the news and TV. And I made it a mission to never feel like that again. And you guys are going to think I'm crazy when I say this, but beginning this year, I said, I'm just not going to watch TV. The only time is when I'm with my friends and when they're watching it. And after eight months of making that decision, I was successful, but not really. I woke up a couple days back just feeling like (laughs) I wish I could curse, but let's just say garbage. And I called up my dad upset and I was like, dad, I've done all this work to be more at ease 
but I feel just as unhappy as I was last year. I've created so much structure in my life that I feel tied down and I never feel like I could have a good time. So in this moment, you're probably wondering, why does watching TV or not watching TV have a big role on being too hard on yourself and trying to be perfect? It's not a big part, but it led to becoming something bigger. Because the external environment wasn't looking great this year for me or for many people, I became so invested in controlling that environment that I got too caught up in being perfect. I began eating better, my mornings became more structured with meditation, journaling, and those moments where I would have the urge to watch TV, I would immediately turn on a self-development podcast. (laughs) Yeah, at this point you probably know I'm a self-development nerd. And you're probably thinking, all this stuff sounds good. And it is. And it's really benefited me. I wanted to surround myself with people who live amazing lives so I can learn the way. I saw my dad's life transform from what it was 10 years ago when he was struggling and how his habits, his change in habits, got him through it. And I started modeling my daily routine to do the same thing. I would listen to these ultra successful people like Ed Milet and Tony Robbins talking about how to be great. But I cut out some things that I really love, like baseball, because I was too caught up in being perfect. You know, I began saying that I'll only go out to eat on Fridays when I started eating better. The rest of the days I would cook. Or I will run six days a week. Or I will never watch TV because successful people constantly are pushing forward trying to grow themselves, so I can't take a break. And Ed Milet and Tony Robbins are saying, a truly confident person is someone who doesn't break promises with themselves. But what I didn't realize is that life does happen and that's okay. You know, I'll give you an example. Let's say it's a Tuesday. My friends are asking, Will, do you want to go out to eat? Go to In-N-Out? What do you guys know about me and In-N-Out? I love it. But even though I really wanted to spend the time with my friends, you know, these really successful people are saying, don't break promises with yourself. And because it's not Friday, I'm not going out to eat with them. So I would hold off because my promise to myself was to only eat out then. And I would miss out on that time with my friends. Or I became laser focused on having a morning routine. So I chose not to stay over at my friend's house the night before because I don't break promises to myself. But obviously there were times where I broke those promises because I want to spend time with my friends and enjoy myself. And just so you all know, again, life happens and that is okay. But it's how I handled me breaking those promises that led to that uneasy feeling a couple mornings back. And that was being incredibly, incredibly hard on myself. See, certain people have their own things that they're hard on themselves about. Some kids are really grade driven or constantly are talking about the internships. And if they don't get one, it's going to be the end of the world. (laughs) That drove me crazy when kids in high school talked so much about what colleges they were getting into and they were so bummed out if they didn't get you know, into this exact one. And kids who are always talking about what their GPA is or something like that. You know, I get good grades, but I was never worried about perfection in that area. For me, it was these types of areas, building really good habits that caused my downfall. Or if I mess up at someone else's expense, <laughs> this is a big one. I will overanalyze every single aspect of the situation. I am not kidding. You know, some people after a night out in the town, I wouldn't know this because I'm not 21, but they had a good time. And you know, the memory is a little foggy. They wake up in a place not knowing how they got there and they begin stressing about what they said. And if they don't remember a particular part of the night, they begin filling in those moments with the worst case scenario. Imagine me doing the same thing, but every time I make a mistake, 
and we all make a ton of mistakes. But because I started forming all this structure and expectations for myself, I increased the likelihood of overanalyzing my life. And that is what we call, my friends, analysis paralysis. All of this structure that I made for myself was all out of good intention, all out of good intention, but led to every single moment being analyzed. You know, if I went to In-N-Out when it wasn't Friday, I was thinking, oh no, I shouldn't be here. You have to stick to what you said, Will. And I would remove myself from the present moment and having a good time with my friends. Or there's a huge baseball game on, and if I ended up watching it, (laughs) I would be thinking the whole time, I really should be doing work right now. You're messing up. So basically, this structure that I was making to become a more confident, self-reliant, and more calm individual, like I said, led me to feeling like every time I was doing something, I should be doing something else. I didn't give myself credit. And the reason I didn't give myself credit was because I used these role models in my life and basically took all of their strengths and successes and ignored all the imperfections and mistakes they made in their life. And I would narrow in and ultimately pressured myself to constantly be going and never take a break. I began saying yes to every single opportunity because I saw all of these successful people with multiple companies and other obligations and tried doing the same exact thing. And also failed to take into account that their success was a result of years of hard work. And I began pressuring my 19-year-old self to have everything figured out because these guys who are 30 years older than me seem to have always had it that way. And this is where the burnout I experienced led to my conversation with my dad and this shift. (laughs) So now we got solutions. Don't you worry, guys. I expressed to my dad everything I just told you guys. And he began to speak to me about it. He said, Will, (laughs) you've been narrowing your focus in on all of the doing areas, but a lot of the creativity and being successful is through the non-doing. Every time there's a Knicks and Yankees game on, (laughs) what do you think I'm doing? I'm watching those teams because I love them. That's my reward. And what it does is it allows me to rejuvenate so I can be more present in those doing areas of my life. You constantly need to give yourself credit for showing up because a lot of the success in life is around the language you have around your actions. And when he said this, this really stood out to me. You know, earlier on, I asked you guys to think about the questions you're asking yourselves on a daily basis, whether that might be, why is this happening to me? When will this be over? And what those do is they shape your thoughts around your life. And I shifted my focus from those questions to the question, what do I love to do that I normally feel like I can't because of distractions? And that's where I decided to change the way I lived every day. But now, (laughs) coming to realize it, I was always operating from a place that was never enough even though I was asking myself a better question. I wanted to start working on myself, which I felt like I couldn't do because of distractions, but the language I had was always surrounding perfection. And now what I'm learning is if you want to develop yourself, if there is a single word in that goal related to perfection, there's not going to be too much development happening. If I ate really well one day, for example, I would say, well, that was expected. Or if I ran today, I wouldn't give myself any credit for doing that. But if I chose to watch TV instead of doing something that would quote unquote help progress me, I would make myself go crazy because I wasn't being perfect. I would ignore all of the good things I'm doing, but I would always acknowledge where I might've fallen short in a task or in another area of my life. But what if some of those things were things that I really loved, like watching baseball or Seinfeld? You know, I said I watched like nine seasons of Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld, 
but I didn't do it because I wanted to be perfect. But what if watching an episode or two will make me laugh and think of a good time in my life and help the creativity for the areas in my life that I do think are going to help progress me? So I want you guys to imagine an area in your life where you're trying to be perfect or are, you know, being really hard on yourself about. Think of it as a Venn diagram. This is the example my dad gave me. I'm probably going to say it in a different way, but this is how I thought of it. You got the two circles overlapping and in that middle area is the quote unquote mistake you made. So we'll say the middle is, I ran four miles today. The left is where like your perfection language is going to be. This could be, well, I said I was going to do six miles. My other friend ran eight miles today. Why can't I be like him? Or I should have woken up earlier so that I could run six miles. I screwed up. But what I suggest doing is making your Venn diagram more focused on the right side, the self-development side. Because all of this time, I've been associating self-development with perfection. But really, it's about striving to be better. And when you fall short, you still give yourself credit for showing up. And this right side language could go something like this. You know, I could have run six miles today, but I woke up at 7.30 and still showed up. Again, identity-based thinking, just like we discussed in episode four. Or, you know, I didn't run six miles today, but I'm going to give myself credit for doing something others didn't today. Again, it's all about language. And I could have easily changed the script for myself during this process. And I'm not saying I'm in a worser place from where I started. I've definitely made a lot more progress. But if I keep going the way I'm going, there's no doubt that I'm going to be just as burnt out as I am now. So how can I shift the language moving forward? And how can you guys do the same thing? Because at that Dodger game, I felt like an old man who needed to get home to his wife and kids and had to beat traffic in the seventh inning. And I'm a spontaneous guy. That's like one of my favorite qualities in a person is they will drop anything and just go have a good time. If we're going to Six Flags, I find out the day of, I'm buying that ticket in that moment. Or, you know, we're going out to eat. Sure thing. Let's go do it. And I noticed in that moment that I lost that. But moving forward... When I want to watch a baseball game, instead of saying I should be doing work right now, I can be saying, you know what? I could be doing work right now, but I'm allowing myself this break, which will help rejuvenate me and it will also be a reward for all the good things I am doing in my life. Again, same event, different language. Events have little to do with the quality of our lives. Why do you think there's so many rich people out there that are miserable? And why are there so many people out there that might be struggling financially, but find a way to be happy? Because they interpret the events of their lives in a different way. Of course, we fall into bad habits and those need to be guided by actions. And that's what I did. But we could also be doing all these great things that are helping us progress and think we're doing everything wrong. We have the wrong language. And that's what I've recently been struggling with. And if there's one thing I'm learning is that <laughs> even if you're doing all the right things, if there isn't a healthy and positive belief attached to it, they don't matter. No matter how much you journal, no matter how much you meditate, if you don't believe in it and you don't believe you're doing the right thing, it's not going to be effective. We place so much priority on the different jobs, classes, extracurriculars that we're having. But what I'm going to start doing, what my dad told me to do is have a free day. So one day a week where you do absolutely nothing related to work. No checking emails, no writing content or posting on social media. Simply doing something you love. And I encourage you to do the same thing. This day is in the schedule and there's no obligation that will get in the way of it. And plan it out. 
Know what you're going to do that day so you can make the most out of it because that's the best self-development you can have. And if you're having trouble thinking about what to do for this free day, think about what you love to do before you had any limiting thought in your mind. Where did you love to go in your childhood? We've talked about meditation before and how we can struggle to clear our minds for that practice. We have all this junk going around in our head. Happens with me. It happens with every single person at some point. But the one thing I always resort to in that moment is thinking about that little guy running down the stairs, turning on quick pitch and jumping up and down when he saw his favorite players hit a home run. And then I think about how that kid ended up experiencing what he dreamed of with his father and learning a different side of his dad because of it and how my dad helped me get to where I am today. And funny enough, I could say that this whole podcast came from those moments that seemed tiny at the time. How could that not be helping me progress? Now, right now, (laughs) I'm going to watch Quick Pitch. Maybe I'll watch Seinfeld. Maybe I'll even have a couple double-doubles. But I'm not going to be getting down on myself for doing it. Because moving forward, we're giving ourselves credit for showing up. And I encourage you all to do the same. Remember, there's no difference between you and me. And I will keep sharing these struggles and lessons with you along the way and where I might be messing up. Because this is all about a learning process. I adjust as I go and so should you. But now, go have a good time. Let the kid play. Don't think about work, classes, or anything else. And Delaney, thank you for telling me to go to the Dodger game. I needed it. Thank you, everyone, and have a great rest of your day.